Death Before Booze may discuss controversial or sensitive topics and is not appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Hi. Death Before Booze. I'm Sam. I'm Jen, and I'm trying to figure out what episode we are on. <laughs> oh, we're on episode number 17. Oh, okay, there you Do go. You See, know Jen what? doesn't know. <laughs> we're number 17. Jen doesn't know shit Sam about what episode. Sam writes the notes down because she got tired of forgetting. <laughs> Jen's just like, I'm top of the ride, my page. so... At the top of my page on my notes, I always write the name of the episode, the episode number, the date it comes out, and when I go. So it literally says you go first for this episode. <laughs> so, so we are I prepared. Don't forget when I'm going. We do well, have our yeah. shit together. You know, at any given time, <laughs> one of us does. Nine times out of ten, it's Jen who tells me what we're doing, which is bad. <laughs> but yeah, I'm sick. Yeah. Again. <laughs> Welcome to winter when everything sucks. Yeah. I hate winter. Yeah. I can't. It's supposed to snow. I'm not built Today's for winter. It's supposed to snow. No. So right no. now it's January 6th. We're recording for January 23rd, and it's supposed to be like a huge-ass snowstorm tonight. We can get anywhere from 4 inches to 12 foot, depending on which newscaster you're listening to. I wish yeah, we had on. had the foresight to become weather people because they never really have to be correct. Right. They just need to speak with a low toned voice and be like and, and be confident about what they're showing nice. behind them. Yes. <laughs> be like, it's look at all this yes. wind over here. And Every you're so like, often forget- they get to what's wind? Like, how do you see wind? Show me again. <laughs> like, check out check out the like the the stuff that's coming in. You're like, I don't. What is that? That's a blob. I don't know, but. That was the career path we should have taken. Instead, you're yeah. a teacher. I'm in sales, and now we're podcasters. And now so. we're podcasters. We'll figure um, it out. <laughs> also, welcome to New England, where it's like one day it's raining, the next day it's snowing, and one day it's like freaking you're at the beach. So it's fine. Have you ever noticed, like in the spring and the fall, we can have all four of those in yeah. one day? Mm-hmm. English. If you guys are not from New England, this is a true story. Like, this, these are true things. Like, if you don't... If it'll from... snow at night. <laughs> it'll melt the next day. You'll be wearing shorts the next day. Yep. And then all of a sudden, it'll downpour that afternoon. And then the next night, it all freezes. So when you wake up, you got to get the ice off your car again. It's fucking ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So, Sam, okay. what are we talking about today? <laughs> so, today's topic is gold rushing. So basically, Gold Rush, we took anything that had to do with a ghost town, mining town, anything from that time frame, you know, the 1800s or so. We are Gold Russian. We are Gold Russian today. Um, I even prepared for today by watching Tombstone with the great Kurt Russell, Sam Elliott, Bill Paxton, the guy who played Aiden from Sex and the City was in it, Billy Bob Thornton was in it, yo. I gotta tell you, this movie was really fucking good. Val Kilmer played Doc Holliday. I was like, okay. Okay. 
Yeah, no, it's on the Hulu. You should watch it. It's actually a really good movie. Like, you know, I'm not usually into westerns, but this was really good. (laughs) I'm the same. I'm not really into westerns, but like all those people, it sounds like, huh? Okay, all right. Oh my god, yeah, no, it was a great movie, and um, so like I said, Val Kilmer played Doc Holliday, and they actually have Big Nose Kate. They only call her Kate, they don't call her Big Nose, but then that's kind of um, what I'm covering today. That's my segue, so I'm covering Big Nose Kate's in Tombstone, Arizona. Ooh. This is a bit of a sinister. Yeah, Arizona. I've actually been to Arizona. Isn't that where the hole in the ground is? The canyon? Yep. I'm pretty sure. Is it? No, wait, was that Utah? I don't fucking know, but I went to the Grand Canyon, so I just needed to say that, too. <laughs> anyway, that's out west. I was in Nevada, yeah, and then somewhere. I went on a tour, and it took me to another state. I'm pretty sure it was Arizona. Um, okay, so Big Nose Cakes, located at 417 East Allen Street in Tombstone, Arizona, much like the movie I, I watched. That. Mm-hmm. I want to go there. Like, I'm like, ex- like I really, right? next time we're like, in Nevada, like, I'm going to be like, no, we got to take a three hour drive to Tombstone. Like, I would buy all of the, all of the merch and be like, Tombstone. <laughs> like, I don't know why. It would just right? be like, I want a shirt that says Tombstone. And a lot of it, it, I mean, a lot of it is kind of the same, like, from, like, they really preserved the history of Tombstone is what I'm trying to say awesome. here. Like, it's not That's like, awesome. I'm sure the buildings have been like redone. So like, they don't fall down because the. It was started in the 1800s, so I'm sure, like, in the middle of the desert, like, you got to kind of have some upkeep. Right. But, yeah. So, the building that is now home to Big Nose Kate's is actually what was the Grand Hotel. So, the Grand Hotel is just that. It was the best hotel in the area. Um, And Kate never owned it. <laughs> like, Kate never owned this building. Kate never owned a building. They just kind of took from the history. So... I'm going to tell you about the Grand Hotel and what happened, but to, like, build it back up, they now named it Big Nose Kate. So the Grand Hotel opened with an invitation-only ball in September 9th in 1880. It was in operation for two years, and it was the state's finest establishment, and it was luxuriously furnished and had elegant decor. I don't actually know what that means for the time, but it was a big fucking deal. (laughs) Um, there were 16 bedrooms, each fitted with solid walnut furnishings and expensive artwork. Again, I'm going to go with that's kind of up for grabs. Uh, the hotel lobby, which is where the saloon now sits. So um, there is like a staircase you can go upstairs, but I think like the like people who run it kind of live there too. And like they live upstairs from kind of oh, okay. what I gather. Is it a hotel so it's not, now? I don't think it's a hotel now. That's. Thank you for saying that. No, I don't think it's a oh, hotel okay. now. I think it's the bar and then people like and then live, live on upstairs. Top. Oh, okay. I right. think that's what's happening. So the hotel lobby, which is where the saloon sits now, was decorated with chandeliers, beautiful furnishings, and had a reading room where patrons could enjoy the Tombstone Epitaph newspaper in quiet luxury. I don't really know how luxurious it was, like, you know, considering you just mind all day and there are cowboys and people who spit. A lot. And they're watching <laughs> Tombstone. That's all. Ew. They spit. They bleed. They do opium. They get drunk. They gamble. They kill each other. Like, that's... I, I don't I don't really see very much, you know, gentry here. Like, there's well, no... <laughs> well, I guess no. reading the paper was the luxury. Because then you can be like, I'm... I can read. A, I'm having a read of the paper. <laughs> I can read. Yay. Um... The hotel boasted a kitchen 
with both hot and cold running water, as well as the ability to feed up to 500 visitors with very little notice. Now that to me is a big deal. Like if you could feed it 500 is. people on short notice, man, you're doing something right. My mother could do that out of her house right now, but most people could not. <laughs> um, some of the mo- some of Tombstone's most favorite residents stayed at the Grand Hotel: um, Wyatt, Virgil, and Morgan Earp, Doc Holliday, the Clayton game. For some, you know, examples. Okay, so after. Being open for just two years, May 1882, there was a devastating fire that absolutely destroyed the Grand Hotel's upper level and permanently changed the building's function. While the building has been renovated and preserved the original structure, all of the hotel rooms are gone. The lobby, however, is still mostly original. Like they've done, like I said, upkeep and they have tried to keep it as, you know, dead on as they could. But, you know, everything above is gone i think they might have renovated it for people to live there i'm not sure the owner now uh steve goldstein says the upstairs is being used for office space there you go there it is the fire came through tombstone in 1882 and did not completely destroy this building that is now big nose case saloon the owner said for all intents and purposes this is the real building from the 1880s oh that's cool too the yeah right yeah the bar in the saloon is original but it was located downstairs. So the bar used to be in the basement and they moved it up to the main floor. The Goldsteins, so him, so the guy Steve, his wife Gloria, and their daughter Susan purchased the building um, from the Perez family in 1982, where it was at the time named the Allen Street Bar because like Allen Street was the main street in Tombstone. So they just named it after the main street. That's where it, it faces. But the Goldsteins named it refurbished it and named it after Big Nose Kate to kind of tie back in that history. Okay. Yeah. They didn't want to compromise the building's historic integrity. They wanted to make renovations and improvements, but they were very careful to make sure the building was historically correct. And that was, again, why they did the reference to Big Nose Kate. Now I'm going to tell you about Big Nose Kate. Because she was a queen. She, we fucking slay. Love her. Big nose Kate. So there are two stories on how she got her name. One is the obvious. She just had a big nose. She had a big nose. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and you know what? Back then, that's probably, you know, what it was. The other one was that she just couldn't keep her nose out of anybody else's business. I like that one, she could have had a normal shaped nose, but she was just, you know, Abna, what are the neighbors doing? (laughs) Like that, you know? She just could have been that guy. She was born to a very prominent family, but she grew up to be one of the famed soiled doves of the Wild West. So a soiled dove, obviously, is a sex worker, you know? Um, A lot of times they worked at the Birdcage Theater, um, which was also in Tombstone. Um, But we'll get there later. She is as well known as she is because of her on-again, off-again relationship with Doc Holliday. So in the movie Tombstone that I watched yesterday, because I really did like this movie, um, she <laughs> is, you know, Doc Holliday's girlfriend while Doc Holliday is dealing with tuberculosis and she's trying to, you know, keep him alive and keep his head on his shoulders, shit like that. She was born Mary Catherine Honoré, not Gallagher. <laughs> Mary Catherine Gallagher. <laughs> Hello, I'm Mary Catherine Gallagher. Superstar, No. Sometimes I stick my fingers I, under my arms and I smell I like that. It's been so Mary long Catherine since Gallagher. I've seen it. Oh I God. love that movie. I wrote. It's I actually wrote that in there. Mary Catherine Honoré, not Gallagher. Um, on November 7th, 1850 in Hungary. 
Her family moved to Davenport, Iowa in 1865. Her mother died in March. Her father died in May. She was 14 and an orphan. She was separated from her siblings and put into foster care. Yes, that sucks. She didn't love being in foster care, as I'm sure most people don't love being in foster care. So at 14, she said, fuck it, stowed away on a steamship and headed to St. Louis. She married a dentist named Sal Melvin. They had a baby. Unfortunately, both her husband and the baby died the same year. What is so happening in, to this lady? Yeah, this poor oh. girl. She's still, she's probably like 15 or 16 here. So oh in 74, God. she moves to Wichita and she starts we- working for Nellie Bessie Earp. So one of the Wyatt Earp women. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's the one who was married to Wyatt. Um, It was rumored that, you know, Kate and Wyatt had relations at some point. And then she moved to Dodge City, Kansas in 75, where she started working as a dance hall girl. She liked alcohol. She was totally stubborn, took absolutely no shit from anybody. And she didn't want to belong to anybody. She was over that married life, didn't want to deal with it. So after she was there and she learned, you know, kind of tricks of the trade, started getting introduced to the soiled dub side of life, she moved to Fort Griffin, Texas, where she met Doc Holliday. Um, And then they traveled around for the next several years together. And in 1880, they found themselves in Tombstone, where a bunch of drama happened. Mm -hmm. In 1881, she was fed whiskey and coerced into signing an affidavit saying Doc Holliday was was guilty of leading a party of four masked men who held up a stagecoach. Um, When she sobered up, she immediately you know, took it back. She's like, that absolutely did not happen. They drugged me. Like, this is not okay. Like, that's not thing. So she like stood up and was like, absolutely not. So all the charges were thrown out. Her statement was thrown out, but the damage had been done and her and Doc Holliday were done. So Doc gave her money and told her to be on her way and they never were together again. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. After that, um, you know, she went on her way. She lived with a few other guys. You know, she, I think she got married again at some point. But she didn't live that, like, notoriety life anymore. Like, yeah, you don't like really have as much information as we did when she was, like, you know, running around with Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday. Because during 1880, that's, like, you know, when the OK Corral happened, when they were going mm-hmm. after the Cowboys, when Doc Holliday was working with the Earps and Wyatt Earp became a marshal and, like, all that. That's something we're all going to cover in a different day, the OK Corral, I mean, that could be a case all on its own. So she died on, on November 2nd in 1940, five days shy of her 90th birthday. So she lived a full rich life in the 1800s. So wow. holy shit, good for her. Like she saw the Titanic sink. Like You oh are God. obsessed with the Titanic. <laughs> I love the Titanic. <laughs> Everything about the Titanic I fuck, I am. I will take everything I, back to the Titanic if well, I could. I, like the past couple episodes, I'm like, I feel like she said something about the Titanic before. Every episode. You know what's really funny? So I listened to Don't Blame the Mom. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's another podcast. Um, We, we talk to They're them fun. a lot on like Instagram. They're absolutely amazing. They're out of the UK, I believe. They're a lot um, of fun. But Hannah and Kate, I believe it's Hannah. Hannah will bring up 
Oh, what's his name? Zac Efron played him. Ted Bundy. We'll bring yes. up Ted Bundy or modus operandi in every episode. And I, you're absolutely right. I feel like Titanic is mine. Like, I just have to bring Titanic up. So many it. bad things happened in Titanic that I just, I, I can relate anything and everything I to Titanic it. in some way, it. shape, or form. I mean, we all have our thing. We'll find out yours at some point, but. Okay. <clears throat> okay, back to Big Nose Kate's. So, um, tunnels and the swamper. So underneath, um, underneath Big Nose Case, like the basement there, patrons now are invited to take a step back down a winding stairway. So it's like a metal, like circular staircase that goes down into the basement and there's a gift shop. Also in the basement, you can peer into a gated passageway that leads into a network of mine shafts that run beneath most of Tombstone. So Tombstone was a mining town, right? Right. So there are not only mines, but tunnels underground. You know, if it was like raining really bad and stuff, people would kind of figure out their way or the miners were down there doing dirty things and all that good stuff. So when the Grand Hotel was open, there was a janitor there. He, he was a janitor. He did like odd jobs around town and for the building and all that. But he was also known as the Swamper. Why we have a Swamper in a desert? I don't know, <laughs> but we do. He was considered a trusted, honest worker who was given his accommodations as part of his pay. So they gave him a little room in the basement. You can still see his bed. There was actually two, I believe there were two people. So his bedroom is like the front one and then there's a door and you can like go to the back bedroom. And that was like somebody else's bedroom. Okay. The gift shop is like super nice. There's like t-shirts and all this other stuff and it, you can get whatever tombstone or big nose Kate stuff you want there. And then like you turn and on the left hand side, you look into like this doorway and it's all chained off. You can't go in there now, but like you can look in and see where the swamper lived and there's a huge hole in the ground that he dug. So for what, what he was doing. <laughs> yeah. So underneath, so here's, like, figure, this is the basement. I know people who are listening can't see my hand, but, like, there's the basement of the Grand Hotel, and then, like, this guy dug a hole down under and went into, like, the mining shafts and the catacombs that were underneath Tombstone. So all those tunnels and mine shafts and everything, he dug the floor of the Grand Hotel out and went down there, and he started stealing the silver. So, like, he'd go down there at night when everybody was asleep or gambling and doing bad things, and he'd go down and steal the silver. Mm -hmm. So, um, nobody even knew he was doing this. He was so far underground, nobody could hear it, nobody could see it, and the other dude, I guess, didn't realize he was doing it. But one day, he disappeared. So, after, like, a week or so of not seeing the Swamper, people were like, where the fuck did he go? They didn't even know his name. I have no idea what this guy's name is. They was just known as the Swamper. Like, that was his name. And they're like, where'd he go? Where's the swamper? (laughs) Yeah. So now they were like, either he, you know, like ran off, like he took all of his money that he stole and he ran, or maybe some miners realized that he was like, that he had built this hole and figured out what was going on and killed him and like left him in a mine shaft somewhere. Oh, I don't, I I don't like that very much. Yeah. So like they... When they went downstairs to, like, be like, hey, where is this guy? They found the hole. They found him going down. So they're like, either he stole a whole bunch of money and left or he was murdered himself. Um, Like I said, you could still see the big hole that he used with the little ladder. Like, his ladder is still in the hole. That's so funny. And, um, yeah, they have no idea where 
if he had stolen silver, where it is, like they've searched his little room, there's no silver there. So they don't know if he ran or if somebody killed him and took his silver. And took his stuff, yeah. <laughs> so um, let's get to the haunting. So locals and tourists alike have experienced paranormal activity all over Tombstone. But we're going to talk just about, like, if you're into ghosty stuff, please go to Tombstone. Every building there has some sort of story. Like, I could do a whole month and a half's worth just on Tombstone. And hit every building. Wow. And I, I didn't probably realize it was still. Mm hmm. Huh. Well, you have that. You have the Grand Hotel. You have the Birdcage Theater. You have the Palace. Mm -hmm. um, then there's uh, there's so many places. Huh. So, okay. The owner, Steve Goldstein, says I have experienced paranormal activity at different times, as have my employees. Several workers say that they have seen, they will swear that they've seen ghosts wandering the halls and the stairs. Photographers have caught the ghostly image of an unknown being on photo as well as it's like a postcard on the saloon's interior. So they took a picture and they made it a postcard and now they like make sure to have one inside and be like, yeah, no, that's the ghost we found. Huh. And it's like, wow. yeah, it's like uh, on the stairs, it's just like a big white mass. Oh. It looks like a cloud. It's really weird. Oh. Um. It's been reasoned that this ghost is the swamper and that his afterlife is being spent protecting the silver that could still be buried somewhere in the building. Like, they just haven't found it. Crazy, wow. right? Yeah. Like, could it be in the walls? Could it be? It's almost like when David Blaine was like, okay, I hit $1,000 somewhere. Go find it. Like, we'll never really know. Yeah. Huh. Um... One employee felt cold, clammy hands around her throat, and another spotted spectral guests that looked like possibly the soiled doves. So, like, they're all dressed like sex workers from the time. Uh, I don't. I don't like a, the strangling thing. I don't. I don't like. No, I don't like that strangling <laughs> thing. Like, imagine if, heaven forbid, like you were a soiled dove, and like you know, some guy got a little too handsy, and you tried to protect yourself, and they just killed you. Like. That was a thing. Yeah. Isn't that terrible? I, I didn't realize that soiled dove was a term for a sex worker at the time. I think that's a very, like, like, it's, it's, it's like a unique and like almost, it's like almost poetic. Pretty. Yeah. It's that's like almost that's, poetic. Cause it's like very, yeah. Like I like, I, cause it's, it's like you're like, dirty, but we still hold you on a pedestal. On, almost. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Like I, you know, I just think that's a neat. We should do that for Halloween next year. Be soiled dove. From the Birdcage Theater. Um, okay. Others witness phantom cowboys standing in the staircase and knocking over cases of beer in the basement. I would be so pissed if I was the owner and some ghost is ruining my profit. Fuck you. It's not my fault you're dead. Dick. Don't fuck <laughs> with my, my money. It's not my fault you're dead. It's not. Why are you fucking with my business just because you don't have any? It's not my fault. Fuck you. Visitors witness... Uh, the sound of phantoms singing in empty rooms. Because, you know, a lot of these places, they'd have, like, a piano player or a player piano and somebody would sing along, you know, like, yes. as entertainment. Some over here talking long after the building's, like, closed. So if they're, somebody's upstairs, like, in the office and they come downstairs, they'll hear, like, the bar is alive. Like, people are talking, clanking at glasses, the music's going. Then they walk in and it's just silent. There's nobody there. Creepiest thing. Spirits toss silverware from tabletop to tabletop. Lights turn on and off by themselves. 
the balcony mannequins are moved and tossed about by unseen specters. So they they have like little balconies that you can like look at. Like when it was a hotel, you could look over and like look down into the lobby where the bar is now. So what they do is they put mannequins that look like cowboys and these soiled doves and they kind of. Oh, okay. So, it, so like you feel like you're in the time frame. They're like all dressed up like that, um, but they move. Something's moving them. No. Um, cameras are already creepy. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like someone's it's, it's watching. Already. Me. Oh, look, plastic lady. Great. <laughs> cameras malfunction. Creepy. They reveal inexplicable hazy blurs, and then uh, the normal cold spots and unidentified footsteps. So now below where the swamper is, um, during one of the excavations, somebody heard low moaning once they approached the swamper's space. They heard footsteps upon the staircase, leading them to think somebody had entered the building, even though it was supposed to be closed for this excavation. Um, they searched the premises, and there was nobody there. The doors were still locked. Like, nobody could have come in. Everything was locked down. Men are particularly unwelcome near the Swamper's room. So, like, you know, like, the gates on, like, store doors that they close like this, and they lock, like, yes. in the middle? And, like, or... It's so there's like bars and then there's this thing. So like you have like this gate that you close in the middle and you can like put your fingers through and like look in and people like specifically men will feel somebody poking them or pushing them or like hitting their hands like get out of my space. You're not allowed in here. Yeah. Um, the swamper also seems to take pleasure in making a mess for the establishment. Um, he's the first suspect whenever objects are misplaced or spontaneously combust. Oh, I've. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. Like, there's a snow globe, and it goes. <laughs> <poof>. <laughs> oh, oh, wow! Fuck you, Swamper. Thanks. Made a mess for me. Um, he's also sometimes spotted in the staircase, but most frequently he's seen in the basement. So my boy Zach Bagelbites went there a couple times. He's been to Tombstone. I believe there's two or three episodes where he goes to Tombstone. Um, this was on their second tour. They investigate Big Nose Kate's and the Birdcage Theater. So this is season 10, episode 9. Zach is the one who actually said the Swamper lives in the desert. Go figure. That made total sense to me. So Aaron and Zach go down the spiral staircase into the gift shop. Um, and like I said, the Swamper's room is adjacent to that. The first thing um, that they find, Zach starts freaking out. He's like, who is that? What is that? It's He's got the SLS camera out. And he, like, you know, that's the one where it's all in black and white and the like stick figures come yeah, in and yeah, out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he's looking at it. He's like, what is this? It's an anomaly, but it's not showing up. The stick figure's not here. Blah, blah, blah. It's a fucking display. It's like a mannequin. He's freaking out. <laughs> um, so then as he approaches the bars of the Swamper's room, Zach and Aaron both start commenting that the temperature is getting cooler. And I think Aaron actually says it first. He's like, dude, I'm getting cold. And Zach's like, yeah, man, I feel it. It's so cold here. <laughs> and then All a small Zach. stick figure. Yeah, I mean, if anybody else feels something more than Zach, you get kicked off the show. Have you noticed? Like, Nick is gone. <laughs> the Their little friend, Dakota, I think his name was, that they brought on for a hot second. He's gone. He had to start his own show. Nick had to start. Yeah, You can't be better than Zach. Aaron knows his place, and he's very good at it. Um. So as they approach the bars, a small stick figure appears, like, kind of dancing or, like, shooing away Zach and Aaron. He's on, like, a table. I don't really understand how 
the SLS camera works. Like I get, I get the concept of it, but like everybody's saying it's a grown ass man. Why does it look like a fucking leprechaun? Like just standing on a table. Like, can I, if I'm a ghost, can I make myself bigger or smaller? Like, do I have that ability? Like Alice in Wonderland, did I eat the mushroom or did I not eat the mushroom? Yeah, I think that that confuses me about that camera too, because we watch um, Ghost Files on YouTube and they also use that. And I'm always like, sometimes it's a stick figure, sometimes it like disjoints, sometimes it's, and I'm like, I don't, I don't, I guess I don't, you're right, I don't understand how it, the mechanics of it, I guess. And I don't know if it's the mechanics of the camera itself or the mechanics of being dead and haunting people. I've, I don't understand that I at mean, all. Like, that could be me. Like, if I turn into a ghost, can I be, like, the little devil on your shoulder and then go and be the hat man from, like, your sleep paralysis? Like, I don't understand how that works. <laughs> so this little figure that's dancing and, like, shooing them away disappears, but it, like, disappears into that doorway. Like, it kind of oh, backs okay. up and goes in there then zach makes aaron go into the swampers room like they unlock it for them and he goes in and aaron automatically feels as though he isn't welcome and he shouldn't be in there and aaron's like zach man i gotta get out of here and zach's like no you're fine you can stay there like just chill just chill there and aaron's like nah man i'm shaking i don't like it like they he doesn't he goes he doesn't want me in here like and zach's like you're fine so he's like, just stay in there and do EVP, like, with your camera. It's cool. And then Zach fucking leaves him. He goes upstairs. He, they hear footsteps, and he goes upstairs and leaves, that like, Aaron in the room. And in my head, like, whenever they do, like, I know that they leave Aaron a lot of places. They really do. But whenever it's something like footsteps are happening, like, I would automatically be like, somebody is drawing me away so something bad will happen to the person we leave alone. So in that moment, I'd be like, no, come with me. We have to do this together. Like, there's only that two of sense. us here. Like, what if it's not the swamper? What if it's something worse? And they're fucking with us so we get separated and something bad happens to one and or both of us now. And like it, not for anything, but like he said, I don't feel welcome. And he's like, it's cool. I'm just going to like, hold on, hold on a second. Like, he doesn't feel welcome. Yeah. So clearly it's not a good thing that's going on. Yeah, like, they that's, don't want that's him wild. There. That's wild. I don't... Yeah. So they hear the footsteps. Zach runs off. Aaron's left alone. Aaron's like, oh my god, there's such a smell in here. Like, he got a whiff of dirty socks. So he starts, like, Ugh. describing, like, as he's standing there. And he's trying to talk. He's got his little quarter out. And then there's a bang from behind Aaron. And Aaron just looks at the camera and goes... I kind of want out. And then they cut the segment. So that was the end of the episode. Or that was the end of that segment for that episode. So they definitely got something. Like, you know, they got the little figure. And then whatever Aaron was feeling. Like, I always trust Aaron. Because Aaron can't hide shit on his face. He's like, all the time. <laughs> all the time. And then the last fun fact I have. Kate herself is thought to haunt the Crystal Palace Saloon, which is down the street. That's where she lived with Doc Holliday, whatever they were in Tombstone. And in the opening of this episode, as they're walking down like Allen Street, you can see the Crystal Palace behind them. So oh. that is where it's thought that Big Nose Kate actually, it like is. her spirit haunts. Oh. So that is Big Nose Kate's oh. in Tombstone, Arizona. So I'm confused why... I know that you said that they named it Big Nose Kate for to keep the history, but why specifically her and not like Doc Holliday or something like that, you know? 
Like, I is there a reason? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't find. I think it's great. It's a great question. Like, I should have looked at that. I didn't even think of it. I just didn't um, really. Yeah. You know, she's not really like one of those notorious guys during the time. Like, it's great that they named it after a woman because we know how absolutely. That but <laughs> I, it, yeah. But I thought it was. I just thought it's it's really interesting that she doesn't really have a lot of history there, but that's where. That's, I think she has more her. history there because she was there. Like I said, Doc Holliday moved out to Tombstone. He had tuberculosis, so he moved out there for yes. the dry air, and he took Kate with him. So okay. they were there right. quite often. I mean, they were there um, for the opening of the Grand hotel or whatever oh. there they were there for two or three years and then they would be there like on and off like that was one of their home bases so like when he she was interrogated about the stagecoach thing it was in tombstone got it like that was definitely a haunt for them like when the okay corral happened when they were fighting the cowboys and the McLean mccleary clan please say words um like she was there through all that and she she was prominent in Tombstone, so maybe I just didn't cover it well enough. But no, like, I realized that she because you had said that there's a she like a, an explosive like everyone knows everything about her history. So I was like, That's yeah, really once once her and Doc Holliday like split, like her notoriousness was done. Like she yeah. wasn't making the paper anymore. She wasn't like a household name anymore. I mean, the Earps were obviously Doc Holliday. Like I think. Billy the Kid was that same time. I don't think they ever crossed paths, them, like, all okay, of them. Yeah. But, like, I know he was there a couple times. Like, all that good shit. So, Tombstone was the place to be. That's I think sweet. it's awesome. I like, I, like you said, like, I, I love that they named it after her. Like, yeah. a secondary character instead of, like... I like that, yeah. You know, the Earps or, you know, Doc Someone Holiday. notorious like, of, yeah. Yeah. I think, that's I think she... I think because she was also one of the soiled doves there at some point, like she had more history there. Mm. I like the fact that she is the one who's the, you know, that's her name on there. I think that's very neat. Yeah. So I do too. I love that for her. And I like the backstory that you gave on her too, oh, because please. like, I didn't really know a lot about her. Um, so yeah. Was I was fun. so excited when I watched the movie and they were actually talking about her. Yeah. You're like, that's what, that's, that's what we're talking about. So, I am doing the ghost town at Vulture Mine, also in <gasps> Arizona. I love so, Vulture Mine. Go. I'm so yeah. excited. It was developed in 1863 as a successful gold mine. It was named because there were so many vultures in the area, so they called it the Vulture Mine because of that, which I thought was pretty fun. <laughs> means there's a lot of dead um, shit around. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. After there are this, vultures around. Blah, blah, blah. This is dead shit. Yep. And <laughs> it is one of the... It is described as the largest and richest mine in Arizona. So during Ooh, that good. time frame, made a lot of stuff. So at the end, towards the end, I'll tell you how much exactly it made. Because, like, that's... I was like, whoa. Okay. Whoa. So how whoa. was discovered? Henry Rickenberg was a prospector from California during the gold rush, and he happened to be passing through, stumbled on a quartz deposit containing gold while he was in the area. So he was like, you know what? There's got to be more here. So, of course, it's a gold rush. Everybody likes gold. Um, I like gold. I like gold as well. <laughs> I can't wear <laughs> I it, but I love it. 
Let's go. In 1868, um, the Apache tribe began to harass the miners because, of course, once it, we know again, get off my cowboys, lawn, cowboys Indian era. So that was kind of an issue. Um, this did force some of the mining company employees to escort ore and supply trains traveling to and from the mine. So they actually had to hire like security to make sure that everything went okay, which I thought was so no. funny. For the oh my God. I didn't realize that. <laughs> I thought that's so funny. They're like, we have to hire somebody in order Imagine to. They're hiring like the Pickertons. Like, hey, just make sure that they're. <laughs> just like, make sure that our... everything is cool. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, you're cut off the top. Don't let me steal it. Exactly. Time passed, and um, our friend Henry established the town's first post office in 1880, and he was the first postmaster. Hooray! Ooh, that's a fun job. Yeah, I mean, it's he was kind of everybody's mail. Yeah, but I mean, basically at the time, yeah, that's what you did. He was kind of lazy because when he did mine, he had people. He basically hired people to work it, so he paid them fifteen dollars a ton of whatever they pulled in um, because he didn't really want to work the mine. So he just kind of like paid people to just do it for him. He's like, I'll just be the postman. That's it. Which, okay, cool, cool. Is $15 you know. good for a ton of gold? I, I guess in the 1860s it was good. I mean, there a was ton? a lot there. So there was a lot, a lot of gold and silver. But still, okay. it is a long time that you'd have to like sit there like go and, you know, I'm yeah, prospectoring. the water. I'm prospectoring. <laughs> Um, I'm the prospector. <laughs> so oh, the property okay. continued to develop, which is awesome. It made five boarding houses, an assay office building, which is where all of the, the gold bars and stuff were made, Ooh. a cookhouse, a mess hall, schools, and a 12-acre garden. So oh, shit. Sto- yeah. It's a little town there. And there was about – the population grew to about 5,000 people. So – this is like well. Vulture City with the Vulture City yeah. mine. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Vulture so it's City. why it's called the ghost town is because it's, a, of course, abandoned. But all of the buildings are still, most of them are pretty much still intact, which is very cool. The problem with this town is that it was very vulnerable to Indian attacks and theft because there was no, like, police or anything during the time. So there was a lot of, like, vigilante type of justice going on, which we'll talk about in a second because that was really fun. In 1887, Horace A. Tabor purchased the mine, which was the first time, quote, someone who was financially competent owned the mine. So I guess that our friend Henry was kind of like, eh, whatevs. So Horace kind of was like, I know what I'm doing, so I'm going to make it actually make some money and like do some cool things. How do you not make money if you're pulling gold out of the ground? I, I think that he just didn't know how to like do things to me you know <laughs> i mean he paid people like 15 dollars a ton so like i don't know like i don't know i, I don't know i don't know um i feel like you're literally in, making yourself money right okay you would think so okay. a year after he purchased it a gold shipment was robbed and a <sighs> gang attacked and killed the mine superintendent and two of the guards what the fuck the gang actually got away with gold bars that valued $7,000. They have the reward out for their capture. Within a couple days, they got them back. It only really resulted in one person's death. And all of the gold was returned. So, that's nice. They but, didn't even spend it? God, they're the worst fucking robbers. 
they just got it. The lights like a, t- a couple days pass and they're like, oh, here they are. So they're really bad at their job because like, like tell me you're a terrible robber. Fuck. I mean, go back to the bank episode with the people <laughs> who like tied up <laughs> the rope. With the rope. Oh, okay. uh, you, you're just a teller. Tie him up. It's fine. Come on. It's fine. <laughs> just hang out. We're, we're starting a club. Oh, my God. So, operations started to have a little bit of trouble because, like, the equipment was a little bit weird. There were flooding issues when it did rain. Or, and there were worker issues because the workers like to steal things. Just like your friend, the Swamper. So, <laughs> so a lot of that was going on. $15 a ton, I could take the fucking gold out in my pocket and be done. <laughs> Make my own ton. Exactly. That's what a lot of the miners did. And actually, it turns out that there's a couple people who were suspected of stealing that kind of got what they deserved. But <gasps> maybe that's why the guy wasn't making money because everybody was stealing. Everyone was it. just like, oh, thanks for. We thanks didn't for find anything check today. The- Thanks for letting us check the area. We're just gonna we're just gonna like put the money bags over. Like. Here's here's one brick for you, and here's seven for me. 1894, the territory of Arizona seized the mine because it owned a lot owed a lot in back taxes. Um, it was up for sale, but they couldn't find a buyer. So in 1896, it was sold at a sheriff's sale. The post it, office. But officially closed in 1897 so henry didn't really do a great job i suppose so, like, <laughs> i mean i, I mean I, I don't know if they needed a post sucked office as a prospector sucked as a postmaster i mean he just suck however in 1911 new gold was discovered so the production of the mine started again which made great in 1916 the vein produced four million dollars like then or now and silver i think in today's i would say okay but that's still like a ton of money for the time yeah absolutely then tragedy kind of struck in 1923 and it's you're gonna you're gonna have to get ready for this one because it's gonna be great. Um, I say we're past Titanic. That was 1912, so <laughs> um, we're ten years off. Seven men were mining, and because they were trying to get to this high grade ore, so they were chipping away at the, like the support beams that were holding them. Fucking idiot! No. <laughs> I mean, okay, you're I'm sorry. With I'm me. Sorry. That's I'm not, not real. I'm really That's sorry. Not. I'm laughing because it's. I guess no I I guess it was a great idea I guess it was really close to the wall or something but like it's the around the support beam so as a result the fucking support beams and the the ceiling crashed in on them and 12 pack animals so what the fuck no when you say pack animals like donkeys yeah, probably because like, like they needed like no. those type of animals to bring up from the the mine to yeah, the top. Like so the Tommy knockers didn't stop them. You know what I'm talking about, Tommy knockers? I I don't. That's no, what I, I should have covered. Okay, so Tommy knockers are mm-hmm. I'm gonna call them a cryptid, and supposedly back in the day they were the ones who lived underground and like housed 
where the gold and shit was. Like, this is the story. That oh, they protected I just, the gold. No, Tommy Knockers are supposedly. Like, I just a thought thing. it was the, a Stephen King thing. Like, so. I'm, no, no, this is a real, like, Tommy. Like, some um, miners would, like, live and die by Tommy Knockers. So, wow. what they would do is. Um, They'd be in the mines with them and people would leave like little food scraps or sometimes they'd leave little gold specks for them. And like that was their repayment for keeping the miners safe. So what would happen is whenever a tragedy was about to stop. So, you know, like there are canaries. They used to keep canaries in case of like a gas issue. The Tommy knockers, whenever a cave-in was about to occur, you'd start hearing knocking on the walls, which is basically in essence, you know, the ground starting to come down. And you hear, like, the gravel and the dirt and everything moving and starting to compress that it was going to fall in. That's what it it actually is. But they'd start hearing the knocks and people would be like, get the fuck out. And everybody would run. So that... That's an actual story for miners, the Tommy knockers. But oh. there were mines, like let's say Vulture City. I don't know if it was exactly Vulture City, but there are specific mines where they were closing the operation down. Yeah. And the miners would demand that somebody from the company go to the mine and tell the Tommy knockers they were done. So the Tommy knockers knew they didn't have to stay and protect the mine anymore for them. Like, interesting. They had to pay it forward for the Tommy knockers. Yes, that's a hundred percent. A real thing that happened in the 1800s during mining for, like, the gold rush and all that. Some people, like, treated these things like gods. They'd play jokes on them. They'd move their pitch. They'd move their shovels and stuff around. They'd fuck with that. If they didn't like you, they'd fuck with you. You know, people who left them bits of their lunch, like, were more protected, quote-unquote, than other people. Like, you had to say good morning and goodbye to them. Like, they were part of the team. I didn't know that. That's mm-hmm. huh, cute, right? So, so no. In this case, no, they didn't help. They didn't help <laughs> protect. <laughs> but they should have been like, "Yo, hard. assholes, cut the shit!" <laughs> but stop mining. Hello, support me. Stop. <laughs> so, I let gold. Uh, um, so the rocks, of course holding up the ceiling because they were mining the support beams, fell on them, and it buried them under 100 feet of rock. So there was zero hope of rescue. So to this day, they still remain entombed in that fallen-in mine shaft. No! But are you ready for this? No, I'm not. It is called the glory hole. (gasps) Ew! No! Why? Your audio. <laughs> oh, you scared the cats. Sorry. Why? <laughs> How is that the glory it hole? It something different back then. But listen, the glory hole meant. I don't meant... care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> In case you didn't hear <laughs> Dave, he just said, Jen's husband Dave just said it meant something different back then. I don't care. People fucking <laughs> died. How is that glorious? No. Yo, go glory it's hole not... yourself, Dave. It's not glory. It's it meant the victims were sent on to glory. It's still like like your face right now. It's but that's that's why I said you're ready for for stupidity. We got glory. I'm a moron. Let me chip away my support beam, and I'm gonna go for glory. Okay, it's not like well, I saved people from the Indians or I was the one who mined like a bajillion dollars in gold. No, it's the fact that I was a moron, knocked my support beam down and got entrapped and probably starved and or suffocated. Suffocated, right. 
Well, <laughs> I'm assuming it's more of a matter of the kid, they couldn't rescue them and they couldn't get them out. So instead of them being like having a proper burial, they were like, well, you know. So basically, the survivors wanted to make themselves feel better about this. I probably well, yeah. That's kind of what. Okay. <laughs> the former caretaker actually believed that these men were stealing, so he felt it was kind of like poetic justice at, because they oh. didn't get a proper burial so that they were entombed. But the problem is, like, the pack animals, like, that's what my concern is. Okay? I'm concerned about donkeys. the pack fucking animals. <laughs> yeah. So that was it. just a... But you can still see, like, the entombment today, and there's... Because you can still go. Yeah. It's... it. They didn't move anything. It's, it's still caved in, so it's got all the rock and everything. But, like, you can go into the mines still? Like, I feel you like... You can't. They're closed. They're closed so off. So how do I still see go where they're entombed? There's the area where all the rock is. Like, it all caved in. And then it has, like, the, um, around it, it's like, you can't, obviously can't go oh. in because it's all closed off. But, yeah. I guess I was picturing, like, further, it, like, the whole mine collapsed because of this yeah, one thing. Yeah, because I saying. think that from oh. what I, from what I gather, it was more toward, like, it wasn't as super, super underground. And it was kind of, like, towards the top. So when it Got came, it. everything just collapsed in. So it was just... Forget it. I guess when There's I heard no 100 feet, I thought, like, it was down, not, like, down a tunnel. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, that's, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I, I'm just thinking it was more, like, I'm thinking it was towards, like, not as far as, like, your swamper, but it was more, like, to the point where they were, like, there's no way. Like, we can't, we can't even get to them, so. Yeah. Okay, um, well, happy trails. So there it goes. The mine actually continued to produce at a decreased level until 1942 because President Roosevelt issued an executive order during World War II to close all the mines in order to ensure resources to focus on the war. So, I don't know. Shortly after this time, because of all of that and because of everything, the town was just abandoned. And it's still, again, that's the whole reason why it's called the ghost town of vulture mines. Um, so between 1863 and 1942, the mine produced 340,000 ounces of gold. Damn. And 260,000 ounces of silver, earning $200 million in like a today's type of thing yeah isn't that crazy that's a lot like that's Holy a lot of shit. shit so it's even though it was so tiny and it was like it, it's not like it wasn't in production for a long time but like it's they a small its job yeah yeah and it was that's I mean, nuts so today it's privately owned and you can tour the area. There are some buildings that are left in the original state, and there's others that they had to restore. But at the very least, you can walk around. Um, I want to go. And now we're going to get to the creepy ghost shit. Because oh, my God. I totally forgot that this was a ghost story. I was just yeah. so enthralled with, like, the story of the town. I totally forgot and, you were telling me and, about and ghosts. The, and, and the... <laughs> so, <laughs> so... I'm sorry. Um, Henry Wickenberg's cabin happened to be right in front of an old ironwood tree. It's said to be 100, and 200 year, 200 to 200 years old, still standing, and it's referred to as the hanging tree because 18 miners were hanged between 1860 and 1900 for stealing. But oh, well, here's the really fucked up thing about this hangings, or these hangings. Mm-hmm. The hanging was brutal because you literally had them on the, the branch, 
but they were on a rock like a, so they're kind of like their feet are on and then you'd kick the rock out and it wasn't a straight instant neck break so it was oh they were god they actually strangled and, and suffocated Ugh, so i hate it death could I occur between two minutes or two hours depending on yeah <gasps> Yeah, so it's brutal. Uh, fucking brutal. Imagine if you didn't so. do the rope like the right length and like just your tippy toes. Yeah. Uh, I hate that. But Ugh, the bodies up. weren't brought to cemeteries, so it is said that they are buried on site somewhere. So yeah, that's that's great. <laughs> that's fucking great. That's terrible. It also is believed that uh, Wickenburg did take his own life near the tree. So he did eventually, like, take his own life. But they're not sure if it was near the tree. So they're thinking maybe that's the reason why there's a Because there's a lot of paranormal activity in other buildings. The high <laughs> active areas are the uh, old the generator office. room. Not the post office. Not the post office. The old post office. The post office. That's, that's like, this is my office. job. <laughs> How this dare is my you. job. I'm the postmaster. I'm the postmaster. I'm, I'm Kevin the Costner in this movie. I'm the captain now. <laughs> I'm the captain now. <laughs> so the old generator room uh, powered the whole mine. So that's one of the, the major active areas. A worker was killed there because he was pulled into one of the machines. <gasps> The machines oh are shit God, back that. then, so it makes sense. That. But at the same yeah. time, it's just like, whoa. I, all I thought of, like, have you read the short story, The Monkey's Paw? Yes. And the, the yes. son, and the son who yeah. died because he was pulled into the fucking machine. That's all I yeah. thought of in this moment. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> so. I thought of I thought of that, and then I immediately went to Sloss Furnace, and I was like, oh God, that's so terrible. I'll cover that one day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In this particular room, it said that they hear disembodied voices, orbs, and apparitions, but it's unclear if the apparition that's seen is the worker or if it's just another person who died. Got it. Or who might be buried on the freaking property. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> oh my God, your face. I can't. Oh, I, I, I know. I can't. Like, that's why I we wish like you the Patreon. seen her face just like, now. The Patreon people need to, like, I, I have zero, like, poker face with anything, no. so I'm always, so whenever Sam says something, I'm like, and I'm quiet for a while, it's because my face is, like. <laughs> sometimes I pause, like, sometimes my pauses are not for dramatic effect, it's just it's so Jen can, like, conduct herself, like, collect herself again, so I can continue <laughs> telling the story, because if I don't, she'll be so stuck on that one detail that. You know, I'll get a couple sentences and she'll be like, wait a minute, wait a minute, what just happened? Wait, 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 like, wait, wait. I... The assay building, which is the one where all the bars were made, it's two stories, and this is actually said to be one of the also very high active areas. There was a vault where the gold was kept, but crime was rampant because this was a time of vigilante justice. Everyone just kind of did whatever and took whatever and stole, which is the reason why our friend Henry was probably so terrible at making money because people were just like, thanks. I'm just running. That checks. Um, there were no recorded attacks, but you can kind of make the assumption that people are, you know. Um, when people do go in, because there were a couple of investigators who did investigate this area, they recall dust falling like somebody's walking upstairs, but nobody's no. walking upstairs because the upstairs is off. Oh, um, I got chills. 
The EVP recorded some investigators saying, get out, mm. which also is a little, <laughs> um, and also just whispers, just, no, you know, but still that's very much like, no, thank you. Okay. Now the, the most active area is actually the schoolhouse, which is kind of strange. I thought yeah. people have said to see a dark figure that they believed was like the old schoolmaster, which I, sure. Um, but either way, I'm like, I'm not sticking around to see who this guy is. Um, an investigator was pushed. So kind of similar to the clammy hands, like on the neck, like that like someone's just pushed. Um, there's piano playing <gasps> and kids no. and kids laughing, cool. which is, I hate so that. creepy. I hate the kids laughing any, is the creepiest thing. In any horror movie that you put a kid laughing, I'm like absolutely not. Like I'm good. Like I I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. In any ghost situation at all, yeah. when I hear mm-hmm. kid when I hear oh a kid, oh a kid, the first thing that mm-hmm. goes to my head is it's not a kid. Like it could be yeah. a kid, but in you my head what? I'm like, I no, it's not a kid. It's a I didn't even really I didn't even really demon. think that, but that makes complete sense because there's a lot <laughs> of <laughs> Yeah. Um, there's also said to be a mass grave on site of children who died from the plague, but like, there's no recollection of what plague because it was probably the Spanish flu that came to the U S oh, hell yeah. A lot of people died of the Spanish flu. I'm going to go with the Spanish flu. I think it was, um, I, it just, to me, I'm looking at it like twenties. It was big in the twenties. To me, I'm looking at it like because I knew that we had a, we had the like a pandemic in earlier. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure. But that. I didn't realize like in Arizona, like you know that. Oh I, yeah, they all wore masks. There are like, pictures of old miners wearing masks because of. Um, I'm ninety percent okay. sure it was the well, Spanish influenza. Well, then that makes influenza. a little bit more sense because I was thinking I'm like there's a mass grave of children and I'm like. Is this bullshit just to kind of make it? But then I'm like, now it makes a little bit more sense. So thank you for talking me through that. Because I'm like, what the fuck? I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Yeah. And especially in mining towns like that, it was really rampant because, you know, everybody was in such close quarters. You know, all the men were in the mines together. Then they take it home to their family. And then, you know, even then, because of all the um, Native American activity, like these little towns were like very compressed because they wanted to be as close to each other as a type of protection as well if you had a shack out of town like or on the outskirts of town basically you were the poorest of the poor because you couldn't afford to be closer where there was more people to protect you right like that and that's kind of what then and that's kind of like this town was very like vulnerable in that sense because it was so ice there was it's small it was it was small would you say five thousand people at one point like that was tiny people that's Mm -hmm. tiny especially for a mining town that had this much gold in it this much gold and silver yeah so today the mines are closed so you can't go in them but you can go on accepted you can go on an overnight tour so it's very no similar way. to what, really? what we were talking about with the Conjuring House and how you I can go. go. So go. it's a ghost hunt to... lockdown. <gasps> no, really? It's like a ghosty thing? Yes. Let's yes, fucking yes, go yes, right yes, now. Yes, yes, right yes, now. Yes, yes. <laughs> the, the, you use ghost hunting equipment. Do they give it to you? Me? Are, I have a ghost you, box. Well, you're with a trained professional as you go through your tour. Yay. It is... 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. Dinner and breakfast are provided. 
Perfect. Each group gets their own campsite, but you have to bring your own stuff. So like your own sleeping bags and stuff like that. Can I bring but my you... camper? Is there I'm water? Assuming, <gasps> I'm assuming. Okay. So. Okay. So oh, I thought that this, that was such, I was like, this is great because it, it's actually, if you look at their website, which is just vulturemindtours.com, it's really not that expensive for what they're offering. It's kind of like so when excited. we were when we're talking about like the conjuring house and going there and doing that. It's kind of the same thing except this is this is more like a 12-hour frame and they give Instead you Instead of food. 10. And yeah. how um how many people can we bring? Um I didn't look into that but I'm assuming it's like at most 10. Probably 10. Okay, I would pod squad, if you're listening. Yeah, let's let's we're going to Arizona. Road trip. Like let's Road go. trip the let's shit go. out of this. Oh my god, yes, we would have so much fun. Okay. It would be great. And it was featured on Travel Channel's Haunted Case Files. Yay. So as a really haunted experience. So um, a couple of the articles that I looked up were basically like only in your state, like night yeah. trips to Arizona and stuff like that. So if you are from the Arizona area, this is this looks like so much fun. Like oh my god. It's, this place it's was on Ghost got Adventures a lot too, at one point. I, f- I feel like, yeah, they probably did cover this, but it's... I think this it is the one like... where... Go ahead, I'm sorry. It no, it just like... seemed like it was so much... Um, they had the... It does seem a lot of, like, there's a lot of history, there's a lot of paranormal stuff, and, like, there's a lot of, like, terrible shit, but it's such a cool thing. Like, go overnight. Go go something. We're going to do it. We're doing it. Let's go. It's great. It would be fun. So... So that that's the ghost town because of course it's it's privately owned now so nobody lives there. But we're gonna live it there is... for a weekend. <laughs> Can I take like a rock? It's, it's... Am I gonna be haunted? Don't if I take, take anything. No, they told me not to take a this... rock from the Grand Canyon. I think we learn this from Dudley Town. You leave everything alone. <laughs> Taking a rock. The girl that took the fucking rock from Dudley Town, okay, had weird shit happen to her, so you don't take rocks from I'm I'm not driving back with you. If you're taking a rock, I'm not driving back. You're flying anyway. Bye. I'll put it in your (laughs) luggage. You can take it home for me. No, 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 no. Could you imagine? (laughs) No. Oh, my God. I'd be like, what the fuck, this rock? Oh, Oh, my God. My luggage got lost. Fuck, where's my rock? God damn it, Sam. (laughs) This is why I told you not to leave a rock. Oh my god, the I so so that seems like fun. So we the the many if we're gonna go into what we learned today. Oh yeah, what did we learn today? I learned not to steal from the mines. Um, yeah, that's probably the smartest yeah. one. Don't take things that aren't yours Don't unless it's things. a rock. You can take because a rock. I kind of have a feeling like after your story, I feel like they killed him and left him down in his mines, the swamper. So I think they I, did too. I'm I think go somebody with, caught I him. I just, I don't think we should take things from other minds and just steal them and, yeah. Yeah. How about we just make that a blanket statement of don't take things that aren't yours because I don't want somebody to think, oh, loophole, I can take something from somewhere else. Yeah, that's true. If it's not yours, keep your hands in your pockets. I think that's a fair way. Unless it's a rock. But don't take them from the Grand Canyon or that weird volcano in Hawaii because then you will get haunted somehow. Thank you. I agree. I like that one. That's what I learned. (laughs) But yeah, that's kind of what I learned. And then maybe don't um, get so excited about mining that you like cave yourself in. Because I'm sure they were just super excited. Terrible job. They were just like super excited, and they were like, "Oh my god, look over here!" And it's like, "Yeah, but that's the support beam. We probably should leave that alone." We need that. 
Yeah, if there's a support beam, don't hit it. That one could work too. Yeah. yeah. And so when the Tommy fun. knockers knock, fucking run. Don't keep yeah. doing what you're doing. You fucking That's run. That's a fun tidbit. Yeah, like fun that. little. You actually got three stories this week. Guys. Yeah. You're very welcome. Because knockers. I had every intention of covering Tommy knockers as like an actual case, but nope, you got them now. There it is. That's fun. I had fun. This was Good. a fun I'm glad you had fun. Prospector journey into I'm the, the prospector. Hat. I'm Dem prospecting. Gold Let's pro- <laughs> We're going into them dare gold hills. Gold. <laughs> I love how when you're the prospector, you can only talk out a part of your mouth. <laughs> right? Like, how does that, why is that a thing everybody does? Like, that's just yeah. what we assume. That's how they all talk. Because on the other side, they were chewing on their tobacco. Tobacco. Oh, you gotta, right. you chew on your tobacco, you spit, <clears throat> and then you keep on working in the mine. Or you have your sense. cigarette in your mouth. That's the other one. I learned Val Kilmer when he was Doc Holliday. He always had a cigarette in his mouth. <laughs> Okay, children, thank you so much for coming again. I hope you had fun. Thank you for listening. Please make sure you're following us on Instagram and Facebook. If you want to join our Patreon for all our creepy craziness over there, please do so. You can find our Patreon on our website as well as our merch. Um, Merch giveaway. Oh, shit, yeah, our merch giveaway. It's almost the end. You have, you know, like another week or so. To do that from here, we're calling out the winner on February 1st, so it's January 23rd. Make sure you entered. Stay healthy. Be good. Stay happy. Talk and to stay you next time. Spooky. Bye. Bye. Bye.